0: Hello oh, and welcome to the hosey Podcast with me Phil and me Paul. And on this week's show we'll be talking about the next, or the latest I should say, in the Destiny of the Doctor audio go range. And it's called Trouble in Paradise, a sixth Doctor story. But first, let's have some news. And before we get into the news proper, uh, we went to the BFR yesterday, didn't we? Yes. Yes, to go and see go. yeah, the two Doctors. Um, it, it wasn't a bad event, was it? No, it was quite good. It went on a bit. (laughs) It did go on a bit. Um, However, one thing sort of like struck me that sort of what it it did seem a little bit um, when it comes to the Q and A and everything else surrounding it. It seemed a little bit on the rush side, as if they were sort of caught out by guests dropping out at the last moment or something, because they didn't have the um, the big uh, 50th anniversary banner on the screen, did they? No. Which they apparently they've had at every... We well, saw it when we went there last month, and apparently they've had it at every other event so far, but this time it wasn't there. Um, and the panel itself... Well, the, obviously there were none None of the, uh, the, the sort of the main cast there. Colin Baker wasn't there, Nicola Bryant wasn't there. Um, they had other commitments. Uh, so you, we had a panel of uh, Tony Selby, Fraser Hines, Eric Saywards, and I've forgotten the special effects guy. Was it Mike... Kelt was it or something yes yeah Mike Kelt um, yeah so it, I mean Fraser Hines always good value for money um, yeah but I've been that, told, that was my thoughts exactly on yeah that. yeah he is um, I think Eric Sober got a big cheer out of the audience when he started talking about the uh, the production problems they had at the time and sort of Michael Gray's attitude to it yeah you know when he sort of came back and said uh, after what he wanted to yeah, you know, he'd been to the cinema and st- to see Star Wars and, he, and he'd and come back and there'd be Doctor Who on the television with its wobbly sets and rubber monsters and he just wanted to get rid of it. Um, but then when the show came back, and he put his hands up and said, well, I admit, I'll, I got it wrong.
1: Yeah, But well, I mean, he, you know, their point on that was saying that, well, the person who could have solved that was him by giving them some money. Money,
0: exactly. That was the whole point. That was the whole point to it, which Eric said, he said he apologised for ranting, but he got a round of applause for that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, so it wasn't a, um, a bad bit, but I had been told that um, uh, Fraser Hines has trotted out those anecdotes many, many times before. Oh, I, I, I <laughs> It's the first so. time for us, isn't it? So yeah, no, I expect yeah. so. But yeah, it's always nice. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So it was. Uh, no, it, it was wasn't a bad wasn't a bad afternoon either. It wasn't yeah. bad. So you do um,
1: do wonder about why they why it was so rushed because you. They obviously knew how... It's almost as if they, they'd taken by surprise at how long the episodes were, wasn't it? It was a bit...
0: Well, yeah, I mean, they didn't sort of really plan that out very well, did they?
1: I mean, it, just, I mean, it wasn't that there was something... an unusual event that held them up.
0: Well, the other, the other weird thing as well, when it got to the Q&A at the end, they had seven minutes... Yeah. Um, ...in which to do a and a And they
1: literally had the people queuing up outside to get in for the next event.
0: yeah. It was incredible. That that really was a bit of a, a bit of a shambles that which, which I'm quite surprised about.
1: Yeah, I was, yeah. Like I say, and it was only really because of the length of the episodes they were showing, rather than yeah, anything well, it, particularly else.
0: Was it two uh, two hours twenty? It went on for or something. Yeah, the actual um, thing itself. But then you had sort of other little bits and pieces. I mean, they could have. I don't know. They could have cut the. Uh, the little advance showing of that little documentary about the BBC Television Centre.
1: Well, that is quite interesting. It was
0: interesting, but they could have cut that, couldn't yeah. they, really? Um, yeah. It wasn't, you know... I know it was an exclusive, but I could have waited. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I could have waited. But
1: uh... I mean, as you say on this one, I think they did, have, they did seem to have been caught a bit on the hop by the guests dropping yeah. out.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Because there wasn't massively, other than Fraser Hines, there wasn't actually any... Relevance in the guests, to...
0: Well, apart from Eric Saywood. yeah, who was a script editor at the time. But yeah. I mean, Tony Selby wasn't um, in that particular story. No, and I'm not even sure Mike Kelt actually contributed to the special effects in that story. Yeah, uh, because they uh, they when they sort of wants to show examples of his work, uh, they show the Mysterious Planet episode one, didn't they? Uh, for for that nice yeah. shot of the uh, the Tarnold space station. Yeah. And of the big robot which I can't remember the bloody name of at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, whatever it was called. Um yeah, so it it was a little bit a bit sort of disjointed in that respect, wasn't it? Yeah, and then and, and the questions
1: you didn't think had been you know, it, it, you did get the feeling that they hadn't got a planned uh way of dealing with the guests just because of how quickly I think they'd had to bring them in.
0: Yeah, I mean Eric Sayward didn't particularly seem that infused to be there, did he, in all honesty. No. He um, spent most of his time looking down at the floor. I'm um, I mean, the only ones that sort of really got into it were really sort of like, um, you know, Mike Kelt was a little bit, what? Uh, why am I here sort of thing. Um, yeah. But then, But then you say Fraser Hines and, and, and to certain, it was a little sort of lesser extent Tony Selby sort of made up for it.
1: Yeah. Although well, they didn't seem to know
0: who. <laughs> they obviously hadn't been introduced to each other outside of the. before they'd got on I'd, stage either. And it I was... do find that peculiar. They must all yeah. be hanging out in the green room. They must ignore each other. It's all, it's all for the it's all for the audience. I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon they must they must despise. They're each all other. there with their entourages <laughs> and their riders. That's what it is. Oh dear. Oh, well, say so I, I mean, you know, if you can get tickets to any of these events, they are they are definitely worth going to. Yeah, definitely worth going to. Um, so obviously, you have got the next one cut up is the Seventh Doctor Remembrance of the Daleks on the twenty seventh of July. At the moment, we haven't got tickets for that one. No. Um, but we shall see if there's any sort of uh, any late minute cancellations we can get our hands on. But one interesting thing, they're actually doing the ninth Doctor in September. It's uh, Sorry, yeah. in August, and then the eighth Doctor in September. Yeah. Again, it must be a scheduling thing, I reckon.
1: Yeah, and I suspect it's a scheduling thing for Paul McGann
0: rather than. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. <laughs> Yeah, because there's, yeah, there's not going to be uh, any Chris Reckleston appearances, is there? No. I wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't have thought that he said
1: yes, I'll do it, but I can only do August.
0: <laughs> well, I, I, oh dear, I reckon that um, when it when it gets the night's Doctor one, please spoke to the same special guest Bruno Langley. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. He can only do August. <laughs> he, he's actually been available for any of the months. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> he's been hanging around outside. <laughs> Oh dear, right, okay, let's, let's do some other news. Now, Um, following on from last week's podcast, we recorded our news, well, the podcast in general, uh, about three days earlier than we normally would do. Uh, yeah. So by the time it went out, the, our news uh, section was already out of date, um, especially when it came to uh, the whole, this whole Farago now about who's going to be playing the new Doctor um, after Matt Smith bails out at Christmas. Um. Now... We said at the time that Ben Daniels was the front runner. Well, as it turned out, he wasn't. Uh, it, it, there was some. Uh, apparently, there was meant to be a big announcement last Saturday by the BBC, which Starburst magazine run. Yeah. Um, which turned out well, to be. A there bit, was a rumor. It was a rumour. <laughs> it was a rumour. It was a rumour. And they were saying, yes, the BBC are going to make an announcement, uh, or would have made an announcement last Saturday, to head off an announcement. Uh, that one of the Sunday papers, which in the end was the Daily Telegraph, was going to announce who was going to be or had been cast as the 12th Doctor. Yeah. Um, there was no such announcement from the BBC. Eventually they did announce saying, well, no. And they announced there's going to be no announcement because they haven't yeah. even begun casting yet. Yeah. However, on last Sunday, the Daily Telegraph did run their story um, and said that Rory Kinnear had been offered the part of the of the Doctor. Yeah. Uh, which again was denied by Rory Kinnear's agent. Yeah. Uh, now the other thing that Starburst magazine said: there were three actors. Um, they reckon that were the front runners for the role. The three favourites. Uh, one of them was uh, Domhnall Gleeson. I know the name, but I can't place him in anything. I've got to be honest. Mm. Absolutely no idea. Uh, the other name was Dominic Cooper. Uh, if you've seen uh, Captain America film. He was in that as um, Howard Stark, and also now the other the other actor's name is Daniel. I can't pronounce the surname, but um, if you watched, um, I think it's called was it The Fades, and if you watched something, I thought was it called um, that League of Gentlemen thing, Psychoville. He huh. was in that as well. Um, again, he's a good actor. I don't think he's right for he would. I don't think he would have been right for the doctors. But I again, I don't know where these names came from. No, I mean, it's, it's,
1: it is just all rumor now. It is now. Um, I think this is why we're saying we was not going to talk about it because, basically, as soon as you, whoever's flavor of the month or the week, when we do the recording, is probably discredited by the time we actually get exactly. the podcast out. Yeah, so. I know.
0: I know. Well, the, I mean, yet again, the BBC and Stephen Moffat turned and said, so look, they haven't even begun the casting search yet. Yeah, they haven't named their two doctor the uh, the next doctor. Sorry, they haven't got um, a shortlist yet. So you know, it's it's Man, all up is, in the air.
1: The fact is, the announcement that Matt Smith was leaving was forced upon them. So I can well believe that they haven't yeah. got it.
0: Well, seeing as as Ian Levine was at the BFI stage, so we should have taken issue with him.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> over yeah, especially over that. I'll just take an issue with him. I don't know. <laughs> um. Okay, so I think, should we, should we have like a bit of, um, I, I can put it, like a, a 12th Doctor Casting amnesty on this podcast now?
1: Yes, I, f- I think so, just because yeah. you, you're just never going to be
0: up to date with it, so... No, that's it, that's it. So, well, before we get into any sort of like proper um, proper news, I should say, now there's another rumour going around at the moment as well, and it, and it is just a rumour, that apparently for the 5th anniversary, they are going to be releasing a lot of missing Doctor Who episodes oh, or they they or, have recovered or have recovered missing what well, sort of you know um which they said were were missing and the one that seems to be sort of gathering momentum is the fact that they apparently uh, the remaining episodes of either of the daleks have been found yeah now there's no truth to this nobody's naming their sources in all the articles i've read yeah um interesting yeah, it it'll, is, yeah. It'll, it'll be nice, but highly unlikely, don't you think? I, I well, if I go and
1: say that I think it's it's not gonna happen, then obviously we can all go and pre order on because <laughs> 'cause I'm usually wrong. <laughs> that's true. Um Yeah, we're not very good at so, our predictions, are we? No. So so perhaps <laughs> that's the line we should take. Maybe. Now I actually I, think probably actually it's just really all Doctor Who fans it's just the one thing isn't it that unites everyone is like oh come on there's got to be extra episodes they've got to be found they've got to be found isn't it Yeah. Um... they also have sort of the I was thinking we should have the sort of poster like in the X-Files a picture of the cover for Marco Polo and I want to believe <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh I think we should all do that actually, because I mean, of course, after this, because this was a question raised at the BFI yesterday, yeah, um, directed towards Fraser Hines, um, what he would know about it, I don't know, but um,
1: I suppose I suppose someone would say, depending on how long, if if they've had them and how long they've had them, and it, there seems to be the rumor is that they've had them for a long a while, time, yeah, and yeah. they're just holding them back. I suppose the question would be if Fraser Hines had been approached to do any commentaries or anything.
0: Is if he would say anything anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous, really. I don't know, if, you know. But, but of course, seeing Levine took to Twitter last night to to uh, categorically state that um, there are no missing episodes recovered. Yeah. But then again, he seems to think he's the leading authority on uh, recovering missing episodes. And, uh, well, we'll see. You'd
1: suspect we'll see. He, if, if they had been without him being involved, he'd be upset.
0: Well, he likes oh, to be involved. Denial. In yes, indeed, yes. He likes to be involved in it all, doesn't yeah. he? So, um, yes, okay. Uh, right, enough about Ian Levine. Um, let's get on some proper news. Now, this is this is quite interesting. Um, as we know, coming up for the 50th anniversary this year, we've got the uh, docudrama Adventure in Space and Time to come. And for those of you who caught those uh, photographs that were quickly taken down off the uh, off the internet of the... Reconstructed first Doctor's uh, TARDIS console. Uh, that is now going to go on display uh, for the very first time uh, next month at the Comic Con in Paris. Uh, Mark Gates will also be at the event and he's going to take part in a panel session and sign autographs and, and blah blah blah. Um, and it's also said cl- uh, clips from Doctor episodes that Gates has written for uh, and appeared in will also be shown. Mm. So, um, yeah, so it looks like they're. they're sort of putting it out there. Now I wonder when we get to see it. Yeah. The, the um, convention in November, November probably. <laughs> probably, yeah. That, yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah, so you lucky French people, you're going to get to see it first. And as and as we are looking at our listening stats, we are um Belgium's premier Doctor Who podcast. Um we we um mate, maybe you guys could nip across the border and go and see it first and report back to yes. us. Who knows? Who knows? Right. More news: Big Finish's license has been renewed uh, to cover 2016. Hooray! Yeah, it'd, it'd be a shock if if the
1: PVC turned around and said, "No, you're not doing it anymore." Yeah, that's it. They've pretty much
0: kept. They've kept the, the flame burning for a, yes for a, a good many years, and yeah, um, and they've been doing some outstanding work. And I don't think uh, it would be in anyone's interest to terminate that license. Really,
1: no, it complements the show very
0: nicely. Exactly. And it keeps a lot of uh, old actors in work, doesn't it? So.
1: Yeah, I mean it is it's nice. It's, it's the only way we get you're going to get to hear them exactly. And get new stories with uh, the classic doctors.
0: Yeah. So I mean I'm, I'm very much looking forward to what they what they're doing for the 50th anniversary with their uh, special story. Yeah. Uh, so I I, I just has got a bit quiet on that front. I haven't um, heard any more news about that.
1: No, I think it's been recorded, hasn't it? It so. has, I
0: believe. So yeah.
1: So I suppose there's nothing really much more to be to be, to be, said, be said until it's released. Well, yeah. good,
0: no spoilers. Yeah, that's what we like. That's what we like. Um, now, talking of Big Finish, there's been um, there's some more releases for June. You've got another uh, Fifth Doctor story called Prisons of Fate. Um, then you've got a Sergeant Benton special uh, called "Counsel of War. Is this John Levine's first story? It is he actually, isn't it? For Big I think Finish. it might be. Yes, I believe it is. I think he's he's actually done one before. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting way of going with them now.
0: Yeah. yeah why not? I mean, you know, everyone's had their, their time to shine and why not John Levine? Yes. Yes. Um and lastly uh but no means least, uh the Dalek contract, which is a Fourth Doctor story with uh Mary Tam and John Leeson. Yes. Uh which I've yet to listen to any of the Fourth Doctor stories. I still haven't uh, got round to buying any of those. No. Really no, Must it's- we must do that at some point. I think we've got to do, yeah. Yeah, indeed. So, um, that's it for the news. Unfortunately, we still haven't managed to um, scrubble together anything for Omega's attack Corner, I'm sorry to say. Um, oh, actually, no, there was one last thing, wasn't there? Um, it's something that was reported on a lot of podcasts last week, but obviously we were, we were recorded early. But, um, yes, a, a group of people have got a Kickstarter project going to put a TARDIS into orbit. Because <laughs> that's what the world needs. It is. It's going to bring world peace, Paul. <laughs> It's a piece TARDIS, that's what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, now, um, they've started a, uh, a Kickstarter project. Now, what they originally asked for was $33,000 um, to put... Now, I believe it was a one-foot-scale replica of the TARDIS into a rocket, blast up into space on the actual day of the anniversary yeah. of the show. Um and basically, it'll go into orbit. So basically, we won't... I don't think... I mean, we're not definitely going to see it from down here. But apparently, the, uh, the people from the International Space Station will be able to view it uh, orbiting Earth. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Um, now, apparently, it's made out of aluminium. Uh, so it's nice and lightweight. So obviously, it's got to... It's going to so when to it a crashes rocket. down... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it'll just burn up in the atmosphere. Um, but at the moment, they're... Um, They've managed to get forty-seven, or oh, just over forty-seven thousand dollars now, so that they're over their their pledged goal. Uh But they reckon if they get three hundred eighty-two thousand dollars, they could put a full-size TARDIS up into orbit. They <laughs> could go on holiday, no? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be amazing. I've got to be honest. Yeah. That would be amazing. So I, I'd, I I'd actually hope they they get the money. To be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. I know it's, it's, it's a pr- pretty futile thing to do, but it's just the fact that there's a tard- yes, TARDIS yes. in the Earth, you know. But, yes. No, I think that's quite a nice thing. I think it's quite good. We're we
1: going to get random groups now wanting to put enterprises up there. And- <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, well, we've already had... Um, G- I'm, f- G- I'm G- f- Rodden- most
1: of Europe lost their TV signal last night as a TARDIS crashed into the store.
0: <laughs> oh, the irony of that, if it... If it, if it <laughs> <laughs> If it took out all the nation's televisions on the evening of the, uh, of the anniversary <laughs> no. special,
1: viewing figures were ten for the anniversary <laughs> special,
0: and those and those were the people living on the International Space Station. Station. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there, right, okay, so um, yeah, so I'm afraid that that's it. That really is it. That's it for the news. Um, I say no Amicus Tech Corner. We, we were going to put something about the um, the little 3.5... or three. Point seven five inch figures that we mentioned the other week. They've been officially released now, but that's it, was, it, really. it was even too much tap for us. It, it was, yeah. So um, so we're, we're going to draw a line under that, I think. Yes. So, coming up very soon, then, is our review of Trouble in Paradise. But for another week, that was the news. Okay, then, it's time to discuss the latest in the uh, Destiny of the Doctor uh, range from Big Finish and Audio Go. And this time it's the sixth Doctor story, Trouble in Paradise.
2: The sailors prodded Perry and the Doctor up the ladder and forced them to stand on deck, as if waiting for inspection. The ship was sitting in an inlet of an exotic island. Lush green trees and plants surrounded them. Strange noises from even stranger animals hooted and screeched. Exotic birds flew over their heads. Harry closed her eyes and basked in the soft, warm breeze. <sighs> this was more like it. This was paradise. She looked up and saw a man gazing down at them from the upper deck. He was tall and pale with red hair and piercing blue eyes. He was dressed in simple robes, almost like a monk. He looked familiar somehow... But she couldn't quite place the face. Then she saw two smaller ships near the shore. Her eyes strained to read their names, and at last she could make out Nina and Pinter, written on their sides. She gripped the Doctor's sleeve urgently. Doctor, I think I know who this ship belongs to. Okay, who went
0: first last time?
1: Um, I sort of did.
0: You sort of did? (laughs) Do you you want to sort of go again? Um, Not particularly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is going to be a good one. Okay, I'll go first then. Um, Yeah, yeah. what I'm going to say about (laughs) this one. Yeah, Yeah, you've got the same problem
1: as I have. Yeah.
0: um, I'm I'm kind of disappointed in this one. Um, It's written by Neville or Nev Fountain. Yeah. I should say. Don't want to call Neville Nev Fountain. Um, Now I must have. I haven't heard any of his big finish stuff yet, but it's it's held in quite high regard. Yes. But if this is anything to go by, I'm not going to be in a rush to listen to anything. It was definitely
1: done in a different way, wasn't it? Yeah. This is about the first one
0: that's probably
1: been done in the style of the author, rather than the author trying to do it in the style of the series.
0: Yeah, I mean, there were certain things they he got right about um, the, the Sixth Doctor, especially sort of the um, Perry and the Doctor's relationship. Yeah. Well, it's not argumentative as such, but there was, it's quite... Abrasive. they just sort of um spark off each other
1: yeah quite a lot and would of... purposefully do things to annoy each other
0: yeah um which I thought was was quite good they, he, he seemed to capture the, the six doctors arrogance as well yes uh sort of you know that was very well done um but I think it was just the actual um the story itself was and a it was... bit of a letdown
1: yeah it was, I, I, I didn't actually quite mind that. It, there, there was bits in this where, obviously, it was a new way of doing it, which by using the second character mm. to actually do a lot of the narration.
0: Yeah, because that, because um, By, of it, by we, a diary. Yeah, because this Entries. was, um, now, we're, we're now going to do spoilers, so obviously, so if you haven't heard the, uh, heard this one yet, sort of we'll turn off now, listen to it and come back. So, um, yeah, basically, um, this is an, another historical one isn't yeah. it um, this one features Christopher Columbus uh, and a lot of it is done in the form of a diary so you've got yeah. Columbus reading his diary um, and it's all sort of a lot of it's in the past tense as well so you sort of like say oh, so I decided to do this and then you then you would hear what actually happened yeah so it it was peculiar from that point of view and I you know I don't mind they would try and do something different but it just but is it- yeah. Well, I was going to say, it's just the fact that the actor Karen Stewart playing Columbus made him sound like an made like an upper class Englishman. Yeah, but when he vo- and he did do other voices as well, didn't he? He did. This is we was
1: discussing this, wasn't it? It's the first one we think where actually they, they've done the, other. Yeah. The second characters actually done more than one part. Yeah, the second actors done more than one part.
0: Now th- this is my problem because he plays Columbus as an upper class Englishman, but when he played the dying crew member. He did it with a Spanish accent. Did
1: it with a Spanish accent, and there's even a bit where, when the doctor and Perry are first discovered the sailor, who discovered it was very a pirate accent.
0: Yes, it, it was all over the place, wasn't it? It was so... all over the place. Um, yeah, it, that, that I found that really peculiar. Really peculiar. Yeah. But if we sort of, Otherwise we're we'll sticking to the actors, um, Nicola Bryant. I don't know if it was. I don't know if you thought this as well, Paul. Has she forgotten how to do Perry's voice?
1: Yeah. I was thinking that. It's very...
0: Um... She, she's she gone like a, like a full-on... Well, I, I I can't explain it, really. It, I'm trying to compare it to... Um, I, okay, not many people use this as, as an example for comparison, but um, Daleks in Manhattan. Yeah. The Tallulah character.
1: Yeah. The
0: yeah, doctor, all like that. And she's gone like full-on New York yeah, with the accent, and it was—it was. I thought, no, this isn't Perry, and she'd gone really sort of very high pitched with the voice as well.
1: That was my fault, So I was trying to think: is it—is it just because I'm listening to this in audio that it sounds odd without being able to see her on the screen? Yeah. And was her accent always this bad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: well, no, I just ignored it. Well no, well, no, after after obviously watching the two doctors yesterday, um it just confirmed what I was what I was thinking. No, she has forgotten to yeah. to do the voice.
1: Or she was doing it more to differentiate between her own voice and the character for when she was reading just to
0: Well, there was a big Give given. it that I mean, bit more. Well, I, I don't know. It just seemed a bit it just seemed off. Yeah. Wherever it was, whatever she was trying to do it it, it just sounded off. Yeah, you know. No, um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, so it, it didn't really, you know, didn't really work for me. I, I think the whole thing with accents in this story was, was just off totally, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, the only thing they, actually she did do quite well was the Matt Smith. Yes, she was very good at that. Actually, she was good as the Sixth Doctor as well. Yeah, for that matter. Um, it's just the fact that she wasn't any good at the actual characters she was supposed to you know she having, was famous having for. having gone from
1: having gone from last week's where we said about the fact that nobody tro- that we thought that one was quite underplayed with trying to do the different voices yeah we've now gone to one where perhaps actually showed why it was a good idea not to try and do it last last time <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so it just it just has gone from one extreme to the other really isn't it so yeah yeah it was um that's no, a shame it's a shame, really, because I, I, mean, I was expecting... Again, maybe my expectations were a little bit higher because I, I do like Nicola Bryant, so yeah. um, I was sort of expecting just a little bit more from her. But I don't know, maybe I'm... Yeah, just but
1: as you, as you say, the only thing really that, that seemed to be very 6 Doctorish era is the relationship between the Doctor and Perry in this. Yeah. The rest of it was very much, I think, more the what the writer wanted to do rather than... It fitting in. I mean, we've said all of all of these episodes have really captured the essence of that, the stories that, that sort of the Doctor of that era was involved in. Yeah. And this one just didn't feel like it. No, it didn't. It you didn't. could have done this as a story for anything and it just would have been as it was. You know, it wasn't yeah. tailored to be that Doctor.
0: Well, shall, shall we... Um, now, I, I won't get onto Karen Stewart's other... Um, part at the moment because I'm going to save that to, for for a bit later because I've got a big problem with that as well. Um, but but anyway, yes, the whole thing about this, if the story is set up by that you don't have to wait for the surprise appearance of the eleventh Doctor because he sets the story up. Yes, he, he sets the, the the sixth Doctor off on this quest to pick up an Omni Paradox which he needs for for some reason, um, which we. I'm assuming we're going to know at the uh, at the very end, but um, it was a bit. It was just a MacGuffin, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it didn't really sort of play any major part in the uh, in the story. Oh, and only that, that
1: it's created. The reason why they had to go to this point was the fact that the story says the Omni Paradox is created by what happens in this story.
0: Yeah, that's it. So it wasn't anything other than that, really, and the whole thing was really about um, sort of Columbus and finding America, uh, yeah. which is basically what this story is about. But um, whole thing is the, he's um, sort of pulled in by a tractor beam, basically by, um, by an alien uh, trying to change history. Mm. And the whole thing is he's trying to introduce. Um, well, I, I suppose I did put on save this particular character to the end, but you can't really sort of talk about this bit without mentioning him, the bovine. Yes. Who were apparently um sort of once worshipped as as gods, um which basically just means buffalo. Yeah. It's all to do with that the, the uh sort of like the decimation of the buffalo population of um of America. Um and basically what the Bovon was doing, he was attracting Europeans to America to kill the Native Americans so the herd wouldn't be killed. But of course he's plan backfire because the Europeans also killed and ate the uh the Buffalo as well. Yeah, I mean uh, I
1: quite like that as a as a
0: as a premise. As a premise. Um now the whole thing about this uh, this you've got this one main bovine who's been travelling through um history and throughout history as he's been spotted, he's been called the devil. Yes. Or mistaken for being the devil. Um again, I like that bit. Um yeah. now I must admit to begin with, when they sort of like said, Oh, it was you know, it stood up on its hind leg goat legs up on its hind legs, they had horns and everything, I thought they're going down um I thought they were gonna do like the demons. Yes. It was gonna be like a Zal or something.
1: Yeah. Um I wondered that. I thought, oh we've had the master last week last time. Yeah. Last month, and now we're gonna get another character back.
0: Yeah. And I, I I thought this is gonna be good. Yeah. You know, um but imagine my disappointment when we got to the fact no, it was just a buffalo standing on its hind legs that could talk. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what I have a problem, the talking. Yes. Um, they didn't. All they got. Karen Stewart played the part of the bovine, and he was just doing a, a very, very gruff voice with no um, audio enhancement whatsoever, and it sounded bloody stupid. Yeah. To be honest, it really did, and I, I did have a massive, massive problem with that. As soon as he started doing that, I, I really did begin to lose interest in the story, and it really was a lot of overacting as well. Yeah, I mean, he did bring that to every character he did, didn't he? Oh gosh, <laughs> yes, didn't he? Just
1: well, I mm. mean, we we actually say actually the accents in this were. You wondered whether it was the producer kept saying, "No, no, just give me a little bit more, give me a little bit more." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's... Nicola Bryant as well was also we've also said went a bit over the top with Perry. Yeah, and you just think that was there a general feeling when this was recorded that oh, it needs to be a bit more. Come on, this is only audio.
0: <laughs> Turning up a notch, my darlings. has on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was just all. Yeah. It was just so over the top. It was um, pretty ridiculous, to be honest. But then you had that that thing with the Tardis key goes missing because Perry sort of tosses it away in a fit of pique, and then <laughs> it, the, uh, there's a goat on board that swallows it, and then the Doctor uses because he's like it's isomorphic the Tardis key, so he actually uses the the key inside the goat to open the Tardis. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was a bit bizarre but i suppose i suppose it was doing the
1: little forerunner so the fact that the doctor now can just open the tardis by clicking his his fingers fingers. yeah that's
0: it that's it yeah it was it was it was a actually probably that's probably the most sick doctor thing about the story because he would do something like that wouldn't he yeah really something sort of completely outlandish yeah but but i I must i must admit though um because after that because Perry tosses the key away and then falls overboard, doesn't she, and gets washed up yeah. on the on the shoreline. And then um I I've got to be honest, right? When uh, Nicola Bryant reads out the reads out the lines and and um um because Perry's now soaking wet and she said the wet clothes clung to her body, right? I, I was listening You to had to have a you had to have a lay down, did you? That no, 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 basically this is even worse, right? Because when, when um, she said that, I, I was in the car listening to this on the way of sort of as I was coming home from work or going to work or whatever, and when she said that line, I actually went "cool." Like, <laughs> I said it out loud, right? But then, but then, without thinking, when the next line was and but the, the sun qu- quickly tried to close, and I went, "Oh,
1: <laughs> you do realize this is being recorded? What you are saying?" I now, know.
0: Oh, that says a lot about me, really, did not it? But I, I. I just didn't. I completely forgot myself. I just went. I went quiet like that. And when she said, oh, the, and, the, "and the but the, the clothes quickly dried in the hot sun. I'm, oh, <laughs> oh dear! I was painting pictures. You see. <laughs> yes. Well, we said we we said before,
1: isn't it? Isn't that the good, isn't that what a good audio should do?
0: Indeed. <laughs> now, actually, the whole thing. You said you got no enjoyment from this story. But I got I got a brief couple of minutes there, didn't I? <laughs> But, but the, actually, the whole thing about Perry um, sort of losing her temper with the Doctor was, it was, was to do with Christopher Columbus, uh, because the Doctor's very excited about meeting Columbus. And this is the one thing I did like um, about this story, was Perry's argument with the Doctor was that, well, Columbus wasn't a big hero. He was actually a very, very cruel man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which they highlighted in this, he used to send, what they used as an example, he used to send like the natives out into the jungle. We give them like a day or whatever to go and find gold in the jungle. And if they come back and found anything, he would chop off their hands. Mm. Now, I, I just did a bit of reading up about this, and that, that is absolutely true. But one thing they did miss off, he would chop off their hands and hang them around their neck. Hmm. Um, Not a very nice man. Um, He also sold uh, native girls into sexual slavery. Um, Some of the girls were young as nine or ten as well. He would work the natives in gold mines until they died of exhaustion. Um, He also brought cannons and attack dogs um, into the new world as well. Um, And if a native resisted slavery, he would cut off a nose or an ear. If they tried to escape, he would burn them alive. He would send those attack dogs to hunt them down. Um... It was, I mean, this this is horrible. The Arawak basically the the natives, the Arawaks, who apparently were so peaceful they wouldn't, you know, they would just render you help or render them help when they landed. Were there any thanks? They didn't want to, to have anything in return. Um, they showed them incredible hospitality, and that's what Columbus did to them. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some other things that I, I, actually I probably won't go into because it it, it, was, it was just sort of pretty. Um, Pretty graphic. Um he was actually him and his his two brothers were arrested and sent back to Spain to answer their crimes against these the, the Native Americans. Uh but the King Queen in Spain pardoned him because he was just filling up their treasury with so much gold.
1: Yeah. Uh I mean a lot of that time, that period, a lot of things were done. Yeah. That um were if not accepted by countries in terms of endorsed were mm. certainly ignored because of what they brought to the country yeah unfortunately empires were not built by friendly people
0: no they were not they certainly won't no so i mean i know sort of like in, in america they have the columbus day um probably a lot of re- them realizing i don't know probably people just don't care about what what he did yeah really to discover the new world you know but uh yeah, so, but I, I did like the fact that they did actually reference that, though, and yeah. didn't try to paint. I mean, Columbus, throughout the, this story, is an utter bastard, isn't he, really? Yeah. Um, but that, that's the other thing. I, I did have a problem with the whole diary thing, sort of like, you know, um, you read out the date. Diary of Christopher Columbus, the greatest explorer in the world. Every time he wrote, he, he'd come out to a diary entry, he would kick off with that. Yeah. And that joke got tiresome very, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe Columbus did write that in his diary every day. I don't know, um, but if it was if meant to be sort of like a long, like a, a bit of a, a, a sort of an in joke or something, it, it did wear very thin very quickly. Yeah. Well, the one lead up to that,
1: lead up from that joke was when he, it, it, the entry that says about, I've decided the Doctor is the greatest explorer. Yeah. In the world, that's why I've decided to kill him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they didn't paint him in a very good light at all, did they? No. But and again, I don't know if this this is another um, meant to be another riff on the fact that if you're going to have a villain, he's got to be an upper class Englishman, um, especially this one's like set in America as well, and all the villains in American yeah. movies these days seem to be English. Um, yeah. So I don't know if it was a, it was a play on that, but but judged against all the other characters' accents, it was all over the place. Yeah. It really was. But there was another thing as well. Why wasn't um, Columbus wasn't... Because all the way through, he thought the doctor uh, was one of the natives. So one minute he thought he was like a witch doctor, then, you know, like a, a medicine... Uh, not medicine, he was like the, the the chieftain or something. Yeah. Um, but there's a whole thing. Why wasn't he surprised that the doctor replied to Columbus in his mother tongue, basically in Spanish, when he thought he was a native?
1: Um, there was comment made, wasn't it, that perhaps other exped- expeditions have 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 got there first, but functionally they seem to have got lost.
0: That was a pretty tenuous way of explaining that away, really, isn't it? Yeah, although it sort of said to what well, it, it was, it Columbus was character—the fact that
1: he hoped they'd got lost.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing was, it, it had been discovered before Columbus. It was the Vikings mm. reached America before he did. So um, maybe he should have been speaking Norwegian. <laughs> Yeah, but well, so. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think I didn't think it was that good a story. I, I think we, we, I think we might be, I don't know, out on a limb on this one because I think a lot of people do like Nev Fountain's writing. Um, I like, uh, I like the story. I actually
1: didn't mind the story. Actually, I quite like the story. I just think, yeah, the uh, performances were just too over the top on it.
0: Yeah, oh, definitely, far too over the top. And that took
1: away from the. The fact of uh, the story, she got so wrapped up into what are they trying to do with this? <laughs> you didn't actually pay that much attention to the story.
0: Yeah, it, it was like a bit of a, I don't know, a bit pantomime-y, wasn't it? Really? Yes. Especially when the bovine turned up and started talking. I mean, that was ridiculous.
1: Yeah, but no, I, I think it, I think it started with Christopher Columbus.
0: Oh yeah, it did. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, so.
0: I mean, I could sort of. I was I was sort of ignoring it up to that point when the bovine turned out, and I thought, oh god, you know, it's just some bloke talking like that, and that and that was it really. It was it was sort of, there was no effects put onto the voice or anything, you know. It, it just sounded ridiculous. Yeah, it really did. It sounded like, like Nick Briggs without the ring modulator, didn't it? So it wasn't Nick Briggs doing the voice, obviously, but that's but that's what it sounded like. It just sounded like someone doing yeah. a stupid voice. So yeah, so I, I'm left a little bit disappointed with this one.
1: Yeah, I think I was as well. Actually, yeah, a
0: bit disappointed, but uh, but we are halfway through now. Yes, yes. So we've only got another another five to go. So which is uh, so we're getting through them. We're getting through them. Um, So we've got a seventh Doctor one to come, um, which we don't know anything about at the moment, do we? No, nothing released about it yet. So, um, but we'll get round to that when we come to it. Yes, indeed, we will. Um, So I I think we're are we are we done with that one?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah? Thankfully.
0: Uh, thankfully, yeah. <laughs> okay, then. Right. Well, what's coming up next? Well, next week, we're sort of thinking of going back to our Series 3 retrospective. Yes, we're back. We're back that. with that. We're back with that. Um, now, um, we do actually think of the next two weeks will be at our Series 3 retrospective, uh, which we haven't covered since January. Yeah, probably. I believe. Yeah, I think it was January, um, which was. Uh, gridlock, wasn't it? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, so, you lovely people, guess what we come up for uh, up for you next? It's Daleks in Manhattan.
1: We tried to put it off as long as we could.
0: Yes, we've tried. I'm so sorry. So for the next two weeks, you're, you're going to get Daleks in Manhattan, and then followed by Evolution of the Daleks. So we're, we're going to get. So we'll see you in July then. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so we we've tried to um we try to plan out our next few um uh, our next few um podcasts. So we've we've we we've got a schedule. Yes. We've got a schedule, so we're going to, we're going to, well we are not gonna to stick to it are we? But no. It's no, been, so next week will be something totally different to what we're advertising <laughs> now. Absolutely futile all this really, isn't it? But Okay. So yeah that's so that's what's coming up next week then folks. Daleks in Manhattan and you and you will hear our um, have <laughs> been warned. You have been warned. <laughs> um yes, a few <laughs> Do look forward to our pithy comments on that. So. Yes. <laughs> okay, then, folks. So until next time, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. Listening to the Who's He podcast? Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk, and please also follow us on Twitter at who's-underscore-he-underscore-podcast. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance.